United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. As we reported the other day, North Korea has insulted President Trump. They called him a heedless and erratic old man. This after he had tweeted that leader Kim Jong-un would not want to abandon a special relationship between the two leaders and affect the American presidential election by resuming hostile acts. And much of this is following what had taken place with tests that North Korea has undertaken, seemingly as part of a pressure campaign against the U.S. to come up with some kind of an agreement, perhaps by the end of the year. Let's try to make sense of it all with Frank Alm, who's a senior expert on North Korea, tweeting at USIP. He's with the United States Institute of Peace. Frank Alm, welcome back. Thank you for being here today. Good to be here, Tim. It does sound like Mr. Uh, that, that Kim Jong-un is trying to get some kind of an agreement, but it also sounds quite familiar to those who have watched the U.S. and North Korea do this dance before, and that is that North Korea gets us up to the edge of agreeing to something and then backs off. What, what is your take on what is taking place here? Is it different from what we've seen playing out in the past? Well, you have to remember that um, since the, the failure in Hanoi back in February um, to reach a deal between the two sides, uh, Kim Jong-un has created an artificial deadline for the U.S. to provide a more flexible offer, particularly related to sanctions relief by the end of the year. So we're about three weeks away from this end-of-the-year deadline. Um, I think uh, some of what you said is true about North Korea's brinkmanship, but what's very uh, different about this time is that they sort of engaged in an unprecedented level of uh, uh, their own pressure campaign against the U.S. Uh, to get the U.S. to uh, offer a better deal. So we've seen multiple statements from various North Korean agencies over the past uh, uh, couple months, and uh, as well as the ballistic missile test. So I, I get a sense a little bit that there's a sense of desperation from North Korea right now to get a deal. I wonder, and this seems to be the case, that President Trump undertakes foreign policy like he does so many other things on a personal level, and he referred to a special relationship between himself and Kim Jong-un. Does Kim Jong-un, in your mind, view this as a special relationship that he has with President Trump? Uh, that may have been the case uh, earlier this year. Um, certainly there was the exchange of letters and, and, the, and the personal uh, level of diplomacy through the, the, the three meetings. Um, but I think over the last month, that that sort of relationship is starting to fall away, uh, and we're starting to see a return to some of the, the the personal insults that we saw in 2017 when we were at the height of tension. So as you mentioned before, uh, things like calling President Trump an erratic old man, uh, the use uh, the return of the term uh, dotard, uh, and then likewise, President Trump has also started to uh, resurface uh, the the term rocket man that he used. Uh, for uh, Kim Jong-un back in 2017. Again, it's not as severe as it was because there's a little nuance in how they use those terms. Uh, they didn't call them those terms uh, expl- um, directly, but it was more like, for example, President Trump said, uh, President uh, Chairman Kim likes to shoot off missiles. That's why I call him Rocky Man, which isn't uh, sort of a direct uh, affront, but uh, we're starting to see those terms resurface. I wonder, Frank, give us a sense of whether or not when you said desperation, what is it that's causing the desperation for Kim Jong-un? Where, why, why would he feel this pressure right now? So uh, I think um, we have to look at what happens if there is no deal. So um, 
despite the fact that Kim Jong Un is saying that you know they can, uh, you know, they're not in a situation of desperation, and they go back to uh, they can assume an alternative path, which is conducting additional provocations. Um, they're they're not in a good position because if there is no deal by the end of the year, then they have to do something. Otherwise, they lose face in terms of setting this deadline and doing nothing. So um, we expect that they can conduct or resume uh, certain levels of uh, provocations like missile tests. But they have to be careful because, one, uh, if it's uh, to a, a higher level, for example, like an ICBM test or a nuclear test, then that could uh, cause U.S. and Chinese retaliation, um, certainly in terms of additional U.N. sanctions, but also uh, at the moment, China has been supporting North Korea through uh, uh, nutritional assistance, uh, through encouraging Chinese citizens to, to engage in tourism in North Korea, which brings in a lot of revenue for North Korea, and also not uh, enforcing the current existing sanctions. So all of that could go away if North Korea decides to take it too far. So they, they don't want to be in a position next year where there's no deal, no sanctions relief, um, and, and they're boxed in and can't conduct too many provocations or a certain type of provocation, uh, and that's a bad position for North Korea to be in. Frank Om is with us. Frank is senior expert on North Korea at the United States Institute of Peace. What had been seemingly a discussion of the trilateral relationship among the U.S., North Korea, and China has now seemingly left China out. Where are they in all of this? Well, that's a, that's a good question. So China certainly uh, wants to see uh, um, a reduction of tensions on the peninsula and, and greater peace and stability. At the same time, um, that what they've done is try to uh, put the burden on the U.S. To, to reach a deal with North Korea and sort of say that, you know, the, the hands are off on this. At the same time, uh, China has a lot of leverage with North Korea. Over 90% of North Korea's trade goes through China. And as I mentioned before, they've been doing a lot to relieve the pressure on North Korea uh, to reduce the potential for instability there. Uh, at the same time, we can't outsource uh, a solution to China. We can try to get them to enforce the sanctions, increase pressure on North Korea. At the same time, uh, it's, it's really what the, the North Koreans are looking for is uh, a reduction in the so-called hostile policy from the U.S., and that's only something that the U.S. can provide. And finally, is the only position that should be acceptable to the United States the denuclearization of North Korea and the peninsula? Well, that's a debate that's uh, ongoing right now within the North Korea policy circles uh, here in D.C. Um, so right now, the intelligence community uh, assesses uh, that North Korea will not give up its nuclear weapons unless uh, it's in a position where they feel like holding on to their weapons will threaten the, the security and survival of the regime. So if we think that North Korea is not going to give up their weapons and certainly not complete denuclearization in the near term, then what steps can we take to still improve security uh, and reduce tensions? And so there's things, uh, there's steps that we can take that may not go completely to full denuclearization, but could still enhance security. So, for example, reaching some sort of interim agreement that would put a freeze on North Korea's nuclear and ballistic missile activities. It doesn't get us to complete denuclearization, but it's a good first step. Is that step up to President Trump to take, or is the next step up to Kim Jong-un? It's up to both, because uh, in a negotiation, it's a give and take, and both sides need to feel like they've received 
uh, a sufficient proportional level of, of incentives, right? Um, so I think both sides need to demonstrate flexibility, uh, certainly President Trump in terms of sanctions relief, uh, and at the same time, in t- also in terms of what you're asking for from North Korea. So it's not complete denuclearization up front, but just a freeze on their ballistic missile uh, and nuclear activities. Uh, and then in turn, North Korea, uh, instead of demanding a complete relief, complete relief from all the major sanctions since 2016, maybe accepting just uh, sanctions in certain sectors. So I think all the components of a good enough interim nuclear deal is there but both sides need to be flexible on some of the harder issues. I appreciate you being with us, Frank. Thanks so much for being on POTUS today. Thank you. Frank Om, senior expert on North Korea with the United States Institute of Peace. His thoughts on the latest back and forth between the U.S. and North Korea, mostly between President Trump and Kim Jong-un. The Twitter handle is at USIP. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.